Hello, everybody. How are you? It's uh, Lori Haywood Mains, and um, I'm coming on for part three on the Believer's Authority, and I'm getting a couple things situated here. Uh, let me move this right here. Okay, so how are you guys? Thank you for being patient. Lori Haywood hyphen mains, and we have a website, my husband and I, Lori Haywood hyphen mains.com. Please go to the website and um, look around and see who we are and what we're all about. And uh, at the end of this broadcast, we're, we're looking at uh, 30 to 40 minutes today. Um, but this is part three, and what we're going to be talking about today is seated with Christ. Um, before I get too far ahead of myself, um, what I wanted to let you know is that at the end of this broadcast, I always um, give a opportunity for you to receive the Lord. Uh, it's about a two-minute prayer. Um, so you can always receive the Lord right now or in the middle of the broadcast. Just ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. But I do pray um, with everyone at ending this broadcast and giving you an opportunity to receive the Lord. He actually, actually, when I started these broadcasts, I, I was not doing that. And, um, the Holy Spirit, uh, led me to be sure and end every broadcast with, uh, with the, um, uh, salvation prayer. So for the believers, uh, and unbelievers that are coming in through this window, thank you. Stick around. This is life-changing um, material. This is life-changing information. It's not only um, life-changing, but it, it is um, eternal. Hang on a second. My music is uh, not cooperating with me for the moment. Uh, this is eternal information. And um, so this is going to be a... Um, powerful um, wealth of information um, for you as a believer and um, it will draw the ones that are not believers at this time in because you're going to want what we're talking about and uh, this isn't just coming from me this is um, biblical and then it is uh, throughout uh, John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and um, Dowie and um, then Kenneth Hagin and you know many many more um, teachers and preachers and ministers of the gospel. Um, what happens is um, we've said it before is that uh, the word of God is given to mankind in um, I say layers and that's just the way I see it. So you can put in the kind of word you want to put in, but I call it layers that uh, layer upon layer, precept upon precept, line upon line, or we're building, but but when we're building, we're actually opening because uh, building is, is revelation and revelation opens up to the eyes of our understanding, not the natural sight, but the the spiritual sight, the, the, the concept of being able to see another deeper layer. So every generation hopefully um, uh, uh, sees deeper, sees more, sees into who we are uh, in God and what his purpose for us is. And um, the reason why we are relearning this information is back on my archives where it's called the fall of man. If you go into that, you'll see why we are actually 
relearning uh, who we are in Christ uh, because we lost it all. So uh, God, with his infinite patience, is training and teaching his uh, children, and then they become the sons of God to become the true body of Christ that he called us to be. So why? There's a purpose. This wasn't just so God could have fun um, or so he could be patient with us. It is because we have an enemy at hand, and his name is Satan, the fallen angel, Lucifer. And uh, he is running rampant in this earth uh, for some uh, people, uh, some believers, and uh, all of the world, uh, creating havoc. Uh, for everyone, and uh, we have an assignment um, as the body to finish, complete, come to maturity what Jesus Christ started and left for us to do. With that, let's open up into Seated with Christ. Um, again, we this is part three, so we already went into the fall of mankind, part one, and then we went into um, what is authority and why do we need it. And so today we're talking about um, the um, seated with Christ piece. So we're going to open up with, and my information is 100% um, Bible-based. However, my teacher, one of my main teachers in this particular subject uh, is Kenneth Hagen. Um, senior. So uh, I just want to let you know that um, I'm spreading the gospel um, uh, with, that he left and uh, taking off from what he gave us and uh, hopefully um, opening up more for the people um, even in a deeper way. But that comes by the Holy Spirit. He's the teacher. He's the one that reveals. Um, I can give, put the information out there. He anoints it and then um, uh, the revelation will come. So, um, with that, Matthew 28, 18, uh, the Word of God says that um, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All authority, or in the uh, King James it says power, but uh, really the word authority describes the power a little bit more for a visual for the believers. Now, again, this this um, authority is for anyone who is born again in the kingdom of God. Um, we mentioned, I can't get into it, but we mentioned a day or so ago that as soon as you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're in the kingdom of God and you have all authority in you because you have the Holy Spirit there. And But now comes the training of how to use it and draw it out and so forth and so on. So that's where we're at. So as I was saying, we as the body, uh, the believers, are uh, uh, taking it to another step. Jesus left off talking to his disciples, Matthew 28, 18, getting back to that. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All authority power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So this was after he took the keys of death and hell from Satan in the pit of hell when he uh, was down there for three days and three nights. He came back up to the earth. He ascended back up to the earth and um, he gave the uh, command to the disciples and he said, uh, telling them all authority, meaning 
all power, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth this day. So Jesus is essentially the head of the church, and we make up the body. That's why we're called the body of Christ, but we're going to get into that. He, he was seated at the right hand of the Father, which is authority. The right hand represents authority, uh, such as kings and the Pope and so forth and so on. When you sit at the right hand of the majesty, it means that you have some type of authority. And uh, when Jesus died and was raised, we were raised with him. So we're going we're gonna to dig into this, into this um, topic, um, to this revelation, to what was given to us. And there is so much here that I am planning on doing a 30 to 40 minute segment today. But um, I may have to come back and do a uh, part two on this uh, three. <laughs> and uh, we'll see. We'll see what the Holy Spirit does here. So we're opening it up still. So Jesus just said, okay, all authorities have been given unto me in heaven and earth. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And uh, Ephesians 1, 18 through 23, the eyes, this is Paul now. He's praying for the, uh, he, uh, the church uh, in Ephesians. And he, I believe, was in prison at this time, and he was—he wrote four or five letters out to um, the churches, and one of them was Ephesians, who he actually he was very close to. Um, and Paul is uh, praying this um, over the believers: um, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, to us word, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality and power and might, dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him, that filleth all in all. Okay, so we're going to back up and talk a little bit about this. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> verse, verse uh, 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him, at his set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So what's happening here is what is God's exceeding greatness of his power to us? What what is that? What does that all mean? Well, we're going to get into that. Um, and that, but what I do want to tell you is that in verse nineteen, as we break that down, keep this in mind that and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? To us word, who, what, who believe. So you have to believe in order for any of this to manifest. So again, we had talked about um, a police officer becoming a police officer. If he doesn't believe he's a police officer and he's wearing that badge, then he doesn't use his authority, then it's not going to work. So you have to believe, um, and how do you believe? Well, we'll get into that down the road, but it's by faith in love. Uh, the closer you get to the Father, 
probably glaring at you, my glasses. The closer you get to the Father by the Holy Spirit, by seeking the Lord Jesus Christ and reading the Word and so forth and so on, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals the Father to us. He's the one who reveals Jesus Christ to us. He is the one who reveals the Word to us. He is the one that anoints all of this. He's the one that gives us the wisdom that um, Paul is praying here. The eyes of your understanding. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the eyes of your understanding. That The Holy Spirit is the one who will enlighten your understanding. Why? So that you may know, you may know what is the hope of his calling. And it is, when you become born again, it is a surety that this, this peace, this uh, revelation of who we are in Christ is in you. But we must pursue it. We must learn. We must train. We must study. We must pray. And the only way that the eyes of your understanding are going to be enlightened uh, is by pursuing the Lord Jesus Christ through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Without the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we can learn nothing. You can... And what I mean by that is you have Bible scholars that um, <clears throat> know the Bible inside and out, probably could walk and talk it a whole lot better than I, but they're, the revelation, the understanding, the present day word that it is, the living present day word that it is, will not penetrate them at all. It is simply ink on a page. Yes, they, they see the parables, they understand the parables, but there's, a, there's an understanding of the parables or anything in the Bible through knowledge, through head knowledge, and then there's the uh, understanding being enlightened. Um, and it, it, and this, this part of you in, in your heart um, is your spirit man, not your blood pump heart, but your spirit man this this part of you sees it and it's it's enlightened uh, you know it and you understand that this is this is uh, reality this is alive and so then on into um, verse 19 where it says and what is the and what is the exceeding greatness of his power um, Oh, I just read that, excuse me, which he verse 20 which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Well, and then uh, on top of that, he says, not only did he set uh, Jesus Christ um, up on his own right hand in heavenly places, but that he set uh, Jesus Christ far above, far above. Got to get my camera here. Far above. Not here, far, 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 further, further, furthest, <laughs> far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that one which is to come. And then the, the best part of all of this, if that isn't grand in itself, and we'll break it down, is then 
he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So what is happening here is God raised, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus up from the dead and set him at the right hand of the Father, far above principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but the world to come. But then he put everything under the feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So here's the head of Jesus, and here's the feet of Jesus. And he put the head and the feet far above principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come. And then he goes on to say in verse 23 that uh, the feet uh, says, which is his body, the fullness of him. Let's read that again, verse 22. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So Jesus is the head, which is his body. Who is his body? The church is his body and the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So we are the church. So we are the body. And so if we're the body, then we're the feet. And he said that he raised him up from the dead and set him in his own right hand, far above principality, power, might, and dominion. That means that the body is sitting with Jesus. He sat him down. It didn't say his head was sitting in the seat. It, it didn't say, you know, anything else except for he sat him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Well, if you're going to sit, you're going to have a body. And if he's going to put something under his feet, you got to have a body. And so then he said that Jesus is the head over all things to the church, which is his body. So what happened here was when God raised, when the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, he not only raised Jesus from the dead, he raised us up with him and sat us down at the right hand of the Father, far above principality, power, might, and dominion, far above. So that is a picture right there of the intention, the hope of his calling back in verse 18, the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, the inheritance is the saints. That's really the beginning of the picture of what God's intentions were and are and always will be with the Christ. So he not only did he raise Jesus up, we, we were raised with him. And then he displayed this conqueror that he did with Satan when he went to hell, he descended that he might ascend. So when he went to hell and took the keys of death and hell, and when he was came back on the earth and raised up to sit with the Father, what was happening there in their dimension, it, oh, if I only could have physically seen it, right? I mean, I rejoice now always for eternity, but wow, what what? what that must have been like for the angels of God. Can you imagine? Put yourself in this movie. This is a movie. Can you see 
this innocent man beaten to a pulp and whipped and scourged and spat on and 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 Jesus gave and he gave and he gave and he loved and he loved and he loved everyone that hated him murdered him killed him abused him beat him and and he didn't wrestle against flesh and blood he didn't wrestle he wrestled with principalities powers and the darkness of this world so see he was wrestling all that time by following how was he wrestling by following the holy spirit by staying close to the holy spirit and they didn't have the word of god like we have the word of god now but I'm sure he had whatever he had at that time in the Torah, maybe he was reading, but um, he was staying close to the Holy Spirit. So that's what it's talking about when it says in Colossians 2.15 that it says, in having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Well, I would say so. You know how it is when you watch a movie, just pretend stuff. When somebody's getting beat to a pulp and then they're able to come back around and have vindication, I'm not saying they got to go out and, and uh, um, take matters in their own hands, but when you see true vindication, when you see true righteousness work for that guy that was beat up and, 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 and everybody knows it, what a celebration it is just even in a movie. Can you imagine the angels of God watching this whole, uh, uh, this whole, um, what do you want to call this picture, this movie, this reality of Jesus just being, you know, beat to a pulp. Um, and uh, then he goes to hell and he's able to walk up to Satan and say, okay, now I fulfilled the Father's plan by following the voice of my shepherd. Now I have defeated you on uh, your territory, my territory, the Father's territory. I've dotted every I and crossed every T. And now I command that you give me those keys to death and hell and you give them to me now and, and in front of all Satan's cohorts. And you're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands and thousands of fallen angels and the demons and, and Satan. He, he made a um, show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So I'm sure Satan had a pretty bad moment right about then. And uh, the angels of God were just, uh, you know, hip, hip, hooray kind of stuff, right? My goodness. So that is the um, that is the vision, the truth of the matter of what Jesus did for us. Now, can you imagine you going through all of that for the world? And then you come to earth back and you give all authority to the ones you got it back for because the fall of man took place and then you you head off to heaven and sit at the right hand with your body you commissioned your body to to go and then the body doesn't go the body just sits there the body acts sick weak wimpy uh, and they think God is against them and that God is putting sickness and disease on them after Jesus went through all of that. Could you imagine how, how, um, what, what kind of grief, what, the grieving that that would cause your Savior? Think about that. So when we don't take our place, um, believers, when we don't take our place, we're not being humble. We're grieving our Lord. We're grieving the Father. We're grieving the Holy Spirit. Look what they did for us to gain back their man, their friend, their son of God. He loves us. 
He gave us all authority. Now it's up to us to stand up for our rights and, and to learn who we are and how to use our tools so that we too can triumph and make a show of them openly and say, because of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ, this is why we have won this particular battle that we're in here on earth. So, you know, we never, ever want to give up. We don't ever want to back down. We don't ever want to roll over. We don't want to give up on people because they're old. We don't want to give up on people because they've been in addictions for so long. We don't want to give up on the poor. We don't want to give up on the widows. We don't want to give up on the, anybody. Uh, Jesus never gave up on one of us. And he could have, but he didn't. So we owe it to Jesus Christ and to mankind to not give up on one another. Uh, no matter what we see or how tired we are. So Colossians, it's talking about um, Jesus made a show of them openly. Well, I would say so, praise the Lord Jesus. And uh, so then I want to talk about something here. Um, note, I have a note here. Um, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together. In love. Let me bounce back up to, to verse. That's mm, not there. Um, I think I'm going to pass up and come back to that later. Um, Ephesians 1.21. God wants us to know that he has set us far, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. Ephesians 2.1-7. through 7. We're going to focus on 5, 6, 7, and verses 10. Um, let's go down here. And verse uh, 2. Well, let me start here. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's what I was talking about, that we were raised up with him. For, for you hath he quickened, for you hath he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's us. And we're going to talk about that further. Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world. Ye would be me. But now I'm saved, born again, spirit-filled, and I'm no longer the ye. I'm in Christ, thank God. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Boy, I, I could say a whole lot there, but I'll see if that's what the Holy Spirit wants. Among whom also we had our, had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So we were dead in sins when we didn't, before you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. We were dead in sins. This is who we were, folks. We were walking in the course of this world. We were walking according to the prince of the power of this air, the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. That was us. And um, we had our conversation uh, was out of control because um, we didn't have, we weren't born again. We didn't have a new tongue. And that we were walking according to the loss of our flesh, fulfilling every desire. And, um, <clears throat> but God, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love where he loved us, even when, even when we were dead in sins, 
has quickened us. This is very important. This is verse 6, 5. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us, raised us up together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And then in verse 6, and has raised us up together and made us what? Sit together, sit the body, sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, hang on to that in. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. If anybody wants to say God's not kind, then why did he show us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ? So then in verse 8, For by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works for the fear that anyone should boast. Now verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that you being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at, that at that time you, we, were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, are made near by the blood of Christ, for he's our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity of even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make for to make himself of two one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both into God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. For Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So let's move back up. I must, I had to read all that because church, there's, there's so much here that the power and the revelation of this is uh, ma massive. That um, <clears throat> I pray right now that the eyes of your understanding are opened, that the Holy Spirit would open this up for you to understand with your inner man and to allow yourself to move into your proper place in Christ and to understand and see with your inner man who you are truly in Christ. Um, well, like I said before, he raised us up when we were dead in trespasses and sins. When Jesus died and was raised up, we don't just celebrate that Jesus rose. Yes, we celebrate that. But we celebrate that we were ro we rose with Jesus. 
in our trespasses and sins for the hope of his calling that those who were called would respond and receive the Lord Jesus Christ and therefore you are in him at that place okay uh, so let's go and break up some of this of what I just read we 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 understand in Ephesians 1 uh, 18 through 23 that were his body we are actually the body of Christ what is Christ well we're going to talk about that here um, everything we just read God raised us up he quickened us who were dead in trespasses and sins we were dead we were walking by the prince of the power of the air which is Satan principalities powers rulers they had domain over us control over us even when we were dead in sins has God quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved raised us up together made us sit picture yourself sitting in Christ you're in the body physically in the body picture that that you're physically sitting in the body of Christ he's the head we're the body we're the church Okay, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Okay, now verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Listen to this next word, created. We are his workmanship. Whose workmanship? God, the Father. Who is the creator? The only creator, God, the Father. In Genesis, he created, verse 1, the heavens and the earth. He's the creator. What did he do in the dispensation of times here in Ephesians? We are his workmanship, created. I'm going to let that sit there for a second because that's massive. We are created in Christ Jesus, very, very powerful unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. He ordained this in the, it before so that when we receive him, it's we're in it, we're there. Now, the, now what we're going to talk about here is, I'm going to bounce back down to verse 15. Having, this is what God did in Christ, having abolished in his flesh on the cross the enmity. There was an enmity before God. It had to go away, but it had to go away the legal way before Satan. It had to be done the legal way because if it wasn't done legally, then Satan would have told God, you can't do this because God is held by his word legal he's pure he's truth this is a legal thing this is a legal order that took place so having abolished in his flesh the enmity on the cross even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make now listen why so for to make in himself and who jesus for to make in himself who god for to make in himself of two one new man so making peace that he might reconcile both unto God in one body 
the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. So what happened was you had the enmity, you had the, you had the Jews, and you had the Gentiles. And you had the sinners, and you had the believers. You had, uh, uh, so what happened was, is when Jesus was raised up to heaven, God not only imparted, he didn't, he didn't just delegate, he didn't just impart authority into us when we received Jesus Christ as our Savior. What he did in verse 10, it was he created. When's the last time he created anyone? It was in Genesis. So he created one new man. So essentially, he took the head of Jesus, the Jews, and the Gentiles, and he took these three and he created one, created one. He didn't, he didn't delegate. He created one new man. Meaning we are completely created in Christ Jesus. He is the head. We are literally the body. We are created not delegated. Those are two, the, the word created is the most powerful word that you can take from this whole session to understand that you just were not given authority. No, God created in Christ Jesus. So that's why we're called the body of Christ. It's not just a religious terminology. It's not just a religious description. It's not just cutesy. We were created in Christ, not recreated, not delegated. We were created as one new man walking the earth in Christ Jesus. So the Christ is Jesus' head and the church but only for those who know this, that in the ages to come, you would you have your understanding enlightened. So why? So that you too can walk this earth with the authority that was created in you, in Jesus Christ, the body, the head and the body. So... That is pretty powerful. Um, now we're going to move on to. I want to. I want to. Um, uh, let's bounce into verse eighteen. For through him, we're we're still in uh, Ephesians uh, two, um, and we started through one through seven, but now we're in. Um, oh shoot, where am I? Created in Christ. Now we're down into. For through him. Through him we both have access by one spirit. Well that would make sense now wouldn't it? Unto the father. Now for this reason you're no more strangers and foreigners. But fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God. 
Okay, let's move on. Oh, I know. In verse 21, I wanted to talk about in whom all the building fitly framed together grow unto an holy temple in the Lord. That's what I wanted to point out there is now. So now we grow generation to generation to generation. We grow into what? Into maturity that it would be our eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and each generation or each people born again, serving the Lord, spirit filled, drawing by the Holy Spirit, revelation by the Holy Spirit, that we we grow and the, the, the revelation is opened up and we just uh, mature and we are now operating as the body of Christ, not delegated authority. So growing is a major portion of your identity. If you are not growing, then you are not going anywhere. Uh, and you, you're now, you're, you're missing out. You're missing out on some great stuff. If you had a, uh, you know, if you had some money sitting over in a bank account and, you know, you weren't using it, well, you're missing out. So you're missing out on good treasures here. Um, Ephesians uh, 1.20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Ephesians 2.1, in the mind of God, this isn't the scripture, in the mind of God, Jesus was raised from the dead. We were raised from the dead too. Okay, so Ephesians 1.20 says, and you, me, has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we were raised up when we when he raised us up, he, he quickened us when we were dead in trespasses and sins. Therefore, no one can say they did it by the works of God, uh, by their money, by their knowledge, by their school, by their gender, by their age, by how many years they've been preaching, teaching, or missionaries, whatever. It is only the gift of God that by his grace we were quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, all of us. And uh, there we're going to move on to uh, 1 Corinthians 12. 1, Cor 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 through 14. Uh, King James Version. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. We are Christ. He's calling the body, which is the church, Christ. Okay? Verse 27. For now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. So he's using this as an analogy. He's saying, for by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free or uh, have been made all to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. Okay. Uh, now we're going to move down to 2 Corinthians 6. He's uh, be not unequally yoked. See, now he's talking about um, that, that he's, he's talking to the believers. He's, he's comparing the unbelievers to the, to the believers to the unbelievers here. Um, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness 
with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ? So this is where he's separating the body of Christ from the world. He's saying, what concord has Christ with Bilal? Or what part has he believed with an infidel? So what he's saying here is, He's comparing the unbelievers to the believers, or the believers with the unbelievers, making a point that we are Christ, and that we are separated. We are the body of Christ. Um, Hebrew, let's see, um, 2 Corinthians 6.17, For wherefore, come out from among them, come out from among them, and be separate, sanctified, uh, set apart, Wherefore, come out from among them, and you be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So what he's saying now is when you get born again, spirit-filled, you're, you're the body of Christ now. You are in Christ. Remember, he created one new man. Created. We are in him, in Christ. And now he's saying, you know, what? do not go back out into the filthiness of the world with the filthiness of idolatry and um, self-worship and um, the darkness of this world. Now learn, train, uh, focus, pray, worship, become, get the lusts of the flesh that are on the flesh, this body's still here, and it still has those wars, but the inner man is is born again, is one man in Christ. And But the outer man, you still have these physical battles because it is in touch with the five physical senses of this world, and it wants to eat too much and watch too much and uh, eat, sleep too much and uh, drink too much and see things they shouldn't see and say things they shouldn't say and become part of darkness. Well, it's saying... No, set apart. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, Wherefore, come out from among them. Who is them? That is the world. That is where the prince of the power is still having his heyday over there. Sit on the right hand. Oh, excuse me. I, I, I bounced over. But be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I, then I, will receive you. That's how you get into the revelation, is by peeling off the things that are not of God, training, getting this junk off of you, so the Lord can receive you and the understanding can become great uh, upon you mightily. And we'll talk about that more, but that's not for this uh, today. And Hebrews 1, uh, but to which of the angels did he say, sit at my right hand until I make uh, your enemies your footstool? Uh, did he ever, what he's saying here is, did, he, did God ever say to any angel, sit at my right hand? Th people, church, believers, think about this. God Almighty raised Jesus from the dead. He raised us up with him. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace. He created us as one body, one new man in Christ, sat us down with Jesus at his right hand. Which of the angels did he ever say that to? No one. You 
and I is who the unbeliever and now believer, he did this for you. He did it for me. Receive it. Take it all. He paid a high price. He wants you to take the riches in Christ Jesus. This is just the beginning of it. This is just explaining that we are literally seated at the right hand of the Father. And why we're seated, seated at the right hand of the Father. So, in Romans 5.17, it talks about reigning in this life. Not in heaven, not any other time, but right now. For by one man's offense, death reigned by one. And that was Adam they're talking about. Much more they will receive abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. We shall reign in life by one. Jesus Christ. So the gift of righteousness is that we are now one new man in Christ Jesus. When you're born again, preferably spirit-filled because that's the power, but you're born again spirit-filled. So now you're in Christ, seated at the right hand, and you are now in the righteousness of God. So with that, you are now able to reign in this life just as Adam and Eve reigned. Or it was Adam and the woman when they reigned. So just as Adam reigned, if not more. You know, God doesn't always do the same thing, but he always does it better. So this is a picture, though, of returning back to Adam, but more. So, glory, hallelujah to that. We reign in this life. We reign as kings in this life. How? Well, it's another subject for another day, but kings reign through their words, their commands. Okay? So, keep that in mind. Um, so, then in John 14, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus is talking to his disciples, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Well, of course, um, when he died, we raised up with him, sat down at the right hand of the Father. Again, remember, he says that he's going to put the enemy under our feet, which is his body, the church, um, and he's the head. So, of course, we're going to do greater works in these than he did because we're many members but one body in Christ. And, and uh, uh, the revelation of, of um, being in Christ and becoming all that he called you to be and do all the works that he did and more through the many members but one body, we will do greater and, uh, because he went to the Father. Thank you, Jesus, again, that uh, he did this for us. I thank God, I thank God that he did. John 17, that they all may be one as thou, Father, are in me. That they may be one as thou, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they, which is us, the, the people he died for, but now born again, that they also may be one, 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 remember, that's not just a cutesy thing. It's a real spiritual thing. You're one, not two. 
He, he made the two. He created, he created in Jesus one new man. So that, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that the, that uh, you have sent me, Father. I will that they also whom thou given me. Boy, that is a tongue twister today. Thou hast given me that they be with me where I am. Okay, so we are done with this session, but I'm going to just uh, recap some points. Okay, so we are in this earth as Jesus is in the present of where he is. We are present with him. Um, I'm going to back up here to... I'm going to back up to... Um, <clears throat> oh, here we go. Okay, so... So this is where people get off and start getting weird as, as Christians. And they a lot of times they end up in occults and um, they just they just are wacky Christians, sorry. Um, but it's the truth. Um, so what happens is you start getting an understanding of what happened and, and how we're seated at the Father's right hand, how we are one new man in Christ. Again, I've got to go back to that. In verse 15, Ephesians 2, For to make in himself one new man, making himself of the two one new man, making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body. Okay? A body is... A body. That means when he says one, he means one. When he says a body, he's talking about a body. So he took the two, created them, and made one new body. So with that, then he comes back to earth. He says, now you go. You go into all the world. You cast out devils. You raise the, sick, the dead. You lay hands on the sick. You do this and you do that. Well, the reason why is because we are one in him. And it's not just a matter of getting something delegated to us. It is we are one with him. Just picture this giant, you know, like that movie, um, the 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 uh, Jack and the Beanstalk, those great big ugly giants. Well, don't picture that. But just picture this huge giant. Jesus is the head and we are the body. And we are walking, he's the head, and we're walking with him through the earth. And um, we say, you know, in the name of Jesus, Satan, stop, you know, whatever. I cast you out. I lay hands on the sick. The reason why is because where Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. But again, we must draw close to the Holy Spirit for this to become a living reality with the living word of God and enlighten our understanding so that you have the revelation of who you are in Christ. We are not the people touching the hem of a gar the, the garment, his garment, like in the New Testament where it says the woman came with the issue of blood and she fell on her knees just to touch the hem of his garment. Well, yes, at that time, because he was the only one at that time that was carrying the Holy Spirit. We are, we do not, 
touched the hem of Jesus' garment. We are in Christ Jesus, and when the world touches us and we are anointed by the Holy Spirit, then sickness leaves. We're the body of Christ. We are his hand, just like he laid hands on people in the New Testament. When he laid hands on the people, we are that hand. Do you see it? We don't, we're not trying to touch the hem of the garment as believers. We're not trying to get God to do something. We're not trying to get uh, uh, something for uh, someone in that aspect. We are the Christ. He is the head. We're the body of Christ. We are the church. We are raised far above principalities, powers, minds, and dominion. In the book of Genesis, it says that um, he will bruise your heel and um, you shall bruise his head. And he's talking about the curse to, uh, he was talking to Satan about what was going to happen in the future. And this is what he was talking about. When Let's go back to the uh, feet real quick and then we're done. Uh, thank you for hanging in there with me. Okay, so he raised us up from the dead. Sat us on his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which to come. And has put all things under his feet. And in the Genesis, who's gonna, whose head's going to get bruised by the foot? The, the devil. And whose foot's going to get bruised by the head? The church. We are the body. But with that, we are not to get into these occults and think that we are all that, and that because we are the Christ, we're the body of Christ, we are the walking Christ in the earth, that we are, are um, God. That is, that is an occult. We are nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. Catch. Thank goodness for that catch. Okay, so then people start getting weird, like I was saying, and they start going into cults because they're saying, oh, well, we, we, are the, we are the Christ. We are the God. We are not without the Holy Spirit's power and presence. We're nothing. You can be born again, spirit-filled, and you can have zero power. The way the power comes is by following the voice of your shepherd, which is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that anoints you. He's the one that reveals this to you. He's the one that re that gives glory to Jesus. And he's the one that teaches us the things of the Father. He's the healer. He's the provider. He's the supplier. And without him, you'll, you'll go to heaven, but you're not going to live and reign in this life as a king. So these are things we're growing into. This is who we are, not becoming. We are this, but we are growing as the revelation Stepping out boldly and confidently that if we seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added unto us, those who, those who are the sons of God are led by the Holy Spirit. You're, you become the son of God and not the child of Christ, the, the child of the body of Christ. You become the son of God when you are led by the Holy Spirit. There lies the anointing so that you are the hand of Christ. The mouth, the feet, and we do the things that he did, but we do mighty, we do greater. So it's not humble. You don't want to be humble and say, oh, no, no, that's, that's, that's saying too much. No, no, no. He died too much for that. Okay? This is ours to take. It's the gift. 
It is the riches in Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. So one more thing and then we're done. All I want to say is he, he spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Okay? And the eyes of our understanding be enlightened to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to those who, remember in the beginning I said, to those who believe according to his working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And then it goes on to say, and we has he quickened and who are dead in trespasses. And he said, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes, and amen. Is that not good? <laughs> I got to say one more thing, you guys. I so apologize. Um, you know what? I'll talk about it tomorrow. We've done enough. We're going to talk about the mystery of God tomorrow. Um, maybe Monday. Okay. God bless. Thank you for hanging in there. I believe the Holy Spirit's opening the eyes of your understanding. And if you would like to receive Jesus and become in this Christ right now, let's do it. Close our eyes and raise our, our hands and say, Father, just come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want this life Lori's talking about. I don't understand it all, but I want to be seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ and have all dominion, riches, and reign in this life as a king. In Jesus' name, I repent. Do something with my life. Use me in a mighty way. I surrender to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, please contact me, lauriehaywood-mains.com or lauriehaywood40 at gmail.com or contact a born-again, spirit-filled believer and get into a great church that will teach you these things of who you are in Christ. And we grow as a body together and learn these things and enjoy them. He paid a great price for this. And let's just honor him by taking it all, the riches of Christ. And um, that's it for today. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Thanks so much. Bye now.